grace and peace to you. I'm starting to use that now when I greet you and also when I leave you on our video or filming. Um, it's our Easter service. Uh, hope you were able to see our sunrise service, uh, which was done at nine o'clock, and then it'll be archived so you can view it and share it as well. Uh, we, had a, we had a blessed time of presenting that to you and, and a lot of hard work went in that. So I wanna thank uh, Commonwealth City Church. And before I pray, I wanna thank Tyra for being with us today as uh, we still wanna minister to the deaf community. And for those who are out there that may not have that availability and you know they need it, I'm just gonna let you take this videoing and make sure that you get it to them. And thank Logan as well for uh, what he has done and what he is putting together. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for the chance to preach. I thank you for your call on my life to preach and to encourage and to challenge. And uh, Lord, help me to be a preacher that is so plain that a child will understand me. Help me to be in tune to your Holy Spirit. Um, I usually just trust I'm speaking to one audience, but you know I'm speaking to many different people. If you give me a word of knowledge to speak to a person that I probably will not even know that is watching or listening, if you prompt me with that word of knowledge, I wanna to speak to it. And then Lord, uh, remind me that of everybody looking, not just everybody in the room, because there's only three of us in the room, that of everybody looking today um, and watching that I am hugely responsible in what I'm doing and that there is strict, great judgment on me because I'm a teacher of your word and I accept my place in rightly dividing it. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray, his name that I preach. Amen. <clears throat> Tyra has already read to you the Easter story. So uh, I'm, I'm not gonna duplicate that, but I wanna, I wanna take the thought of resurrection. I wanna take the experience of resurrection and even the teaching of resurrection, Old and New Testament, <clears throat> move it right on down to us today, uh, hopefully uh, in your understanding of real time. Let's uh, look at the Old Testament and the, uh, the thought of it, uh, the mentioning of it and the experience of it. Uh, Job refers to resurrection, even though he doesn't use the word, Psalms does. Hosea does, Isaiah does, Ezekiel does, and you should know this one, those bones, those bones, those dry bones, right? <clears throat> Is a picture of uh, even a resurrection. Daniel, all these prophets and all these people made mention of resurrection thought, of that it, it happens and it can happen in that mainly God has the power for it to happen, not only to the body, but even to groups of people. <clears throat> it could be Israel, it could be Judah, it could be Jerusalem, it could be a lot of things that God, but God has the power to raise what he wants to raise. So there is the picture of uh, resurrection thought and resurrection teaching not using the word resurrection, but talking about my body will rise, or these people will rise, or all those things that are involved in that. So I want you to see the thought and the teaching of resurrection in the Old Testament. And there, there's, there's more than what I gave you. That's just a little bit of a lure for you to see and read about what they've said about it. 
Also, Elijah and Elisha, we have between them three experiences of resurrection. Uh, They uh, saw people raised from the dead, uh, the actual experience. So not just the the mentioning of it, the thought of it, the teaching of it, but the actual experience of it. So the thought behind it is that God has the power. He has the power and uh, to raise up whomever and whatever he wants to raise up. So it is given to us in the Old Testament. In New Testament thought and experience, we're gonna start with Jesus. Uh, Obviously the life of Jesus is in the gospels. Uh, We know that on three different occasions, there are three resurrections that he was a part of. One was a daughter, one was a son, and one was a friend. We also know that Jesus made reference in his teaching before the cross, uh, in his life, he made reference of his own future resurrection. That's why we're able to say he was able to see past the cross because he was already predicting that resurrection was going to occur. And then we know in Tyra's reading of the Matthew story of the resurrection, we know his own actual resurrection happened. So I wanted you to see the teaching of Christ Uh, the experience of Christ raising people from the dead and then his own resurrection of how resurrection is a part of not only Old Testament thought, teaching and experience and meaning, but obviously it's it's heavily, heavily emphasized in the New Testament. We go beyond the gospels to Paul. Paul says the the central part of the gospel is the cross, and go ahead and say it with me, and the resurrection. It's central to everything that he preached, that the cross and the resurrection is there. In fact, uh, Paul says in Romans 10, uh, we usually use verses 9, 10, and 13, that he says that you confess with your mouth that, uh, that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Uh, he goes on later on to say, um, you know, with the mouth we confess, with the heart we believe. And then he, he says, and anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. <clears throat> Listen, I, I was saved in a little town called Summersville. And if you're watching from Summersville, uh, I love you deeply. Um, and it's outside of Camelsville. And later on, we moved to Camelsville, but Summersville is where, where I was saved. And I, I remember distinctly God's call on my life then. To, to just surrender to him. You know, my dad, my dad was a pastor. I'm a pastor. My son, Andrew, is third generation pastor. And I, I remember my dad distinctly praying with me. I can, you know, that old song, I can tell you about the time. I can show you the place where the Lord saved me, right? Uh, and I remember dad praying with me. Uh, in my prayer of surrender to him, I didn't mention that I believe you were born of a virgin or I believe you walked on water, even though I believe those are true. Paul has the resurrection so central to our salvation and the gospel that he says, not only do I confess Jesus as Lord with my mouth, but you believe in your heart that God had raised him from the dead. Paul could not separate the gospel and Jesus and resurrection. He just couldn't separate them. Uh, and any mention of Jesus is basically a mention of resurrection. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit on that here in just a, a little while as well. 
Paul also said that um, it, the resurrection is so central to the gospel and salvation that if the resurrection did not occur, if it didn't happen, then uh, my preaching to you today and your faith today is worthless. It's absolutely empty. And let me tell you why um, Paul could not separate the fact that uh, the gospel and Jesus and resurrection, the cross, all go together. It was because Jesus made a statement in uh, John eleven twenty five, And the statement that he made is, I am the resurrection and the life. Did you hear that? I am the resurrection. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. Let, let me go back to the Old Testament. I know logic would say that we've got God the Father in the Old Testament. Jesus came at Bethlehem as a baby. He lived his life. There's the cross, resurrection, ascension, and then the Holy Spirit comes on. I, I, that's logical, but it's wrong. It's theologically incorrect. <clears throat> Jesus was at the beginning. He didn't just show up in Bethlehem. And I repeat that a lot in my 34 years of ministry because I think you forget that. Uh, he's at the beginning. And let me just tell you something. Wherever Jesus is, I agree with Paul. There's resurrection. It doesn't matter if he shows up in the Old Testament, which he did several occasions. It doesn't matter if he comes as the babe, even as a babe. It, it's, it, it's all pointing to the cross and resurrection. He says, I am the resurrection. I am the life. Uh, so the reason there's resurrection thought and teaching and experience in the Old Testament is because of the existence of Jesus. Uh, we're going to bring that home to us today. Even Peter writes in the New Testament um, that my hope is alive because Christ is alive. And Simon Peter is a picture of denying the Lord three times, saying some bold statements saying, no, Lord, I won't deny you. And the Lord told him that he would. And then here is the crucifixion and then the resurrection. And Simon Peter runs to the grave. And I think I understand him. Um, if this happens, if he's raised from the dead, there's another chance for me. <clears throat> Even though there already was, he may not have been believing that. And this is why I believe in rededication. Just very simply in the life of Simon Peter. Man, he totally messed up. <clears throat> Here's the resurrection. I can see it going on in Simon Peter's mind. Is, is, is it true? Can it be true? And he meets a resurrected Lord. And the Lord reinstates him three times in the same manner that he denied him three times. I think that's beautiful. I actually think that's very compassionate of the Lord. And so here's Peter becomes this great preacher of the New Testament, just like Paul. And he says, my hope is alive because Christ is alive. Simon Peter cannot even move away from the person of Jesus and the picture of resurrection based on even what Jesus said about himself. I am, I am resurrection. So I want you to see it in the Old Testament, the thought, the teaching, and the experience of resurrection. I want you to see it just a little bit, just enough to whet your appetite to look a little deeper. Uh, the New Testament, of course, Christ mentions it. Of course, Christ resurrected. Uh, and then uh, Paul and Peter, they're teaching and they're preaching. They don't remove the resurrection away from it because it's very solid and central uh, to their life. So I want you to see that in the New Testament as well, which is a little easier for you to see. Uh, so I want to bring it to us today.
You know, uh, a lot of things about the Lord coming back, I do pray two prayers, uh, specific prayers about that. If the Lord leaves me in this crisis, I pray for his rescue. And then I add uh, to the rescue, if you want to come back, that's fine with me. Because uh, we are taught, we are actually told in the scripture as a mandate to pray for the Lord to come back quickly. So when it comes to this situation, it's rescue and return. It's okay to pray both of those. Uh, my point in that is that if he tarries his coming, if he does tarry his coming, then uh, this old body's going to die and I'm going to be put in the ground. I, I go on, my soul goes on to live with the Lord, but there's one day the promise of resurrection. So I want to bring the resurrection from Old Testament to New Testament to now in our life and how that affects me and you. <clears throat> so the, the, the resurrection that's given to us, us, right now, I'm going to give it to you in two ways. Number one, as salvation. Um, somebody's going, well, we don't see resurrection power today. Yes, you do. And the way you see it is through salvation. The power that raised Jesus is the same power that saves us. And you're going, well, hey, hey, Jeff, uh, preacher, I wasn't dead. Yeah, you were. You were dead in your sins. You may be breathing and living biologically, but you were dead. That's why John says when you surrender to Christ, you've crossed from death to life. So there is resurrection. There's an old Jeff that lived and came to Christ and died. And he raised me up in the newness of life, which is the picture of baptism, death, burial, resurrection, old and new. Uh, that happens in the Lord. So I have the, the witness of resurrection when, I, when Logan was saved, when Tyra was saved. I have the witness of resurrection when you were saved. The power that raised him is the power that saves you. Look at Romans 8, 11. It says the, the spirit of him that raised Jesus lives in you. I mean, we, we are walking around witnesses of resurrection. Uh, because of the power that raised him is the power that saved us. Look at Ephesians 1, 19 through 20. He, uh, he says his, his power is given to us who believe. And it is the power that raised him from the dead. Uh, so I wanted you to see that salvation power and resurrection power are synonymous. They absolutely go together. Now, let's, let's go to our own future resurrection. If he tarries his coming and I die, uh, here on this earth before he returns, then there is the promise of my own resurrection. I, I've got to be simple. I told this years ago. A few years ago, Julie and I bought our cemetery plots in Campbellsville. And uh, um, I, I can be either a little weird or a, a whole lot of weird, uh, depending on your angle. But uh, a funeral home director there is dear friends. His family is dear friends of ours. In fact, the first apartment that Julie and I rented was at the funeral home. I know that's a whole other story. Uh, but um, so he, he not only had the funeral home, he owned the cemetery. It's called Brookside Cemetery. And it's uh, outside of Camelsville, just a little ways. But it's in front of Julie's old high school, Camelsville High. And then um, I, uh, we bought the burial plots. You get a deed for them basically, just like any plot of ground, whether it's big or little. And uh, so I saw the area where our graves are going to be, and I stood there, and I got to tell you, I stood there thinking about our resurrection one day. Because uh, one reason I picked those plots was because there's Julie's High School, and those years were precious to her. 
And then to the left, that's the high school's to the right, and to the left is Camusville University. There's a four-lane highway between the cemetery and the, and, the, and the university. And then back off in the ways is a steeple of Camusville Baptist. I can stand at our plot and see all three, her high school, Camusville University, and then I can see the steeple. And I said, this is perfect. And I said, this is the view I'll have when I come out of the grave. Uh, the high school means the world to Julie. Camusville University means a lot to us. Uh, and then Camusville Baptist is Julie's home church since the day she was born till I moved her away. It is also the church that we were married in physically, the, the building. And is also where I surrendered and was licensed and ordained as a, as a preacher and a pastor. Uh, so there's a lot of sentimental things that may not mean anything to you. They mean a lot to us. But I picked those graves and, and, and I did it. <laughs> Listen to me. I did it with a resurrection view of one day when I'm called out. I get to see this stuff. You know, it means a whole lot to me. And I'm going to, I'm going to uh, something that means far more to me than those places that I gave to you. I, I, I want you to hear Paul write. I'm going to read it very simply. But I, here's what I want you to see when I read it to you. I want you to realize the transfer and the switch, the, the, the change that happens to us. And I think Paul says it simply, really. And I'm going to walk you through it. But I want you to notice that the switch and the change and the transfer that's happening at resurrection with our old bodies into a new body. I'm going to use 1 Corinthians 15, verse 39, starting at verse 39 and going through verse 44. Not all flesh is the same flesh. There is one flesh for humans, another for animals, another for birds, and another for fish. There are heavenly bodies, and then there are earthly bodies. But the splendor of the heavenly bodies is different from that of the earthly ones. There is a splendor of the sun, another of the moon, and another of the stars. For star differs from star in splendor. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. Now here's the switch, the transfer, the change that happens. We are sown in corruption Here's glory. We're raised in incorruption. We are sown in dishonor. One day we will be raised in glory. We are sown in weakness, but we will be raised in power. And we are sown a natural body, but we are raised a spiritual body. I just, man, is, is God not in the changing business? Goodness, you all. I mean, from death to life, from a slave of sin to a son and a daughter of God, from an enemy of God, to a son and a daughter of God. I mean, if you can't see the transfer and the switch that God does with us, my goodness, please notice that today. And then I want to continue reading in verses 50 through 58. I want you to see the switch, the transfer, and the change. Brothers, I tell you this, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God and corruption cannot inherit incorruption. Listen, I am telling you, or your version may say, show you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, 
For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible. We will be changed because the corruptible, this corruptible must be clothed with incorruptibility. And this mortal must be clothed with immortality. Now, when this corruptible is closed with incorruptibility and this mortal is closed with immortality, then the saying that is written will take place. Death has been swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O grave, where is your sting? Now, the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But look at verse 57 here. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Did you hear the word victory? You have to ask the question, has Jesus any, has ever lost at anything? And the answer is no, he's undefeated. Absolutely cannot be conquered by anything you can think of. Do y'all hear that? It is the truth. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 58, therefore, my dear brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the Lord's work, knowing that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. It doesn't tell me what context that's all in, meaning good times, or it doesn't count during the crisis. Man, this is who we are. And this is the man that we follow. He is absolutely victorious. In verse 57, he gives us the victory. And our victory is through Christ Jesus. Listen, I like to win. I know if people are watching from home, back in Campbellsville, Somersville, I know you know how much I like to win. Some of you that are watching instilled that in me. Uh, I hated losing. In fact, if you weren't playing your best game and you were on my team, I'd go tell you to go put on their jersey because you're helping them more than you're helping us. Uh, man, there's all kinds of people. Don Shaw, Ivan Carnute, all kinds of people who poured that into my life <clears throat> uh, to be able to win. And it didn't matter the context. Go figure out how to win. And in this crisis, we, you and I don't need to invent another way of how we're going to get through this because we follow our good shepherd, our resurrected shepherd, our savior, our Lord. You can't separate the resurrection from Jesus. And I'm going to tell you something. I had a conversation with a guy the other day. Who knows what he's raising up right now that we will see on the other side of this because with Jesus is the power to raise up and to raise us up and to edify and empower his church. Me and you, all of us, to be able to do that. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little loose there, I'll hang on. So uh, here, here's the point. His victorious resurrection guarantees our victorious resurrection. It absolutely does that. Jo Joshua, he saw that the promises of God, that they are true, he is victorious. I want to say this in ending. Uh, our God is a complete God, you all. What he starts, he finishes. Let me give you examples. He says, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, which is the A and the Z. I'm the beginning and the end. I'm the firstborn. I'm, I'm all these things. Look, we, we are complete in him. And uh, you're, you're going, you know, man, uh, back in the middle of March, when all this was happening to us locally, and I know things were already happening in a more rapid fashion and sense with this crisis and this virus before it got to us. But for, for us, from where I'm preaching from today is, is about mid-March. 
And we were blown away of how fast everything changed. Well, I just want to tell you something. Uh, it says, in the twinkling of an eye, we will be changed. We, it's, it's amazing what God moves us from and what he moves us to. Absolutely amazing. I, I'm a little bit excited about this, if you really want to know the truth. Uh, I am. I'm excited about it because it's, it's an incredible promise of his power and the resurrection of Christ only guarantees my future resurrection. How does it come to us in real time? Every time we see somebody saved, we see resurrection power at work. And not only that, every cemetery I go by is the promise for those of us who are in there that have surrendered to him will one day be raised with him. He leaves nothing undone. I'm gonna say happy Easter to you. And then you may in the back of your mind say, oh man, this is one of the strangest Easter's I've ever had. I told you earlier uh, in my update, another video, this is my favorite week of all the weeks in the calendar year in the church. Holy Week, Seder meal on Thursday, the funeral service on Friday night, and Saturday night is the silent service, which actually is my favorite. And then coming in shouting, his resurrection on Sunday morning. Um, and it's all changed. It's all happened the way that it is. And it's been a trying week. I'm just gonna be uh, honest with you. And we just sat down. Uh, we've done and redone and redone and redone everything for you today a bunch of times. Uh, and my point is I just sat down with people that I love and that I get to work with. And I said, listen, let's just slow it down Let's trust the Lord. Who knows for how long this is all going to happen. But I just want to tell you, God is still in the raising up business. Wherever Jesus is present, his resurrection power is present too. You can't, he says, I am the resurrection. So how can I say happy Easter? Because it's, it's just a trying time, a different time. I won't say happy Easter because of what he's already done. It's happy Easter because his resurrection guarantees our resurrection. You get that? I want you to hang on to that. We love you. He is going to lead us through. He's our faithful shepherd. He's a good shepherd. And he's going to lead us through. And let's let him raise in us or raise us to what he needs to do to carry on the kingdom in this world. Grace and peace to you. Thanks for watching and listening.